Well, it's finally here. The Alabama Crimson Tide got a big win over Utah State yesterday as my hair gets messed up. Doesn't matter. Uh, 55 nothing first shutout in, uh, since 2020 for Alabama. And we're going to talk about that and a lot more. Get ready. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Very bright, it seems. Yeah, I think I parked in a little different spot than normal. Uh, well, we probably don't normally do it this time of day, so maybe that explains it. And I'm yeah. literally just off the road to Tuscaloosa. When I say I'm just off the road, I'm just off the road back home from Tuscaloosa. All right. Well, forgive us, guys. Uh, we are doing a reaction show. I'm at Orange Beach. Jimmy just got back from Tuscaloosa and he is um, driving right into the sun, it appears. Um, but anyway, Alabama wins 55 nothing over Utah State. A, a very, very nice performance. It wasn't the best performance that we've seen Alabama team have. Let's let's not go nuts. Um, but it was there, there was still a lot to work on. That's what's beautiful about that win. It was it was an easy, uh, decisive victory over an opponent that's not. I mean, they're they're not great, but they they're good enough. And so it was a decisive, nice win. Um, yet there was still so much that can be worked on. This is Nick Saban's dream, right? Well, I mean, I guess ideally for Nick, a a win. Uh, B, things that you know you need to count on all season are there. And three, there's enough reasons to where you can still crack the whip and, and, and focus on improvement. And Alabama does need to improve. There's going to be better opponents in Utah State. Utah State is better than they looked. Utah State is better than 55 to nothing sounds like. Uh, for instance, uh, one thing I'm going to spend some time talking about, you know, Louisiana Monroe played Texas, and they'll play Alabama in a couple weeks. Um, Texas beat them by a similar score uh, to what Alabama won by. I think it was 52 to 10 or, or something like that. It was, a, or it was a very similar score. But when you break down the statistics in the game, Alabama beat Utah State significantly worse than Texas beat Louisiana Monroe. When you break down yardage, first downs, all, all the numbers. And I would argue, no, I wouldn't even argue. It's just a fact. I mean, Utah State is a significantly better football team than Louisiana Monroe. I mean, they just are. Maybe Utah State's not as good as they were last year, but they're, they're a, a good team compared to Monroe. So I think that bodes well for Alabama this upcoming week. Uh, I do too. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. Here's the thing. Um, Texas had like three pick sixes or something like that, or two pick sixes. I can't, it was something like that. And um, Alabama got zero turnovers. They had zero sacks. Uh, so when you want to talk about um, things to be worked on, there, there you go right there. But, you know, I think we need to focus on the positive right now. And the, the positive, of course, is Bryce Young. I, I mean, Jimmy, I, I felt like he was having such a pedestrian game at first. Um, and then it was 10 minutes to go in the second quarter, and he already had, you know, 100-some-odd yards, three or four touchdowns, close to 100 yards rushing. And, and I was like, this is how spoiled I am, thinking 
that he is having a pedestrian game. I, I guess what I remember most is he missed a few dudes. He missed some dudes that were pretty open. Um, he was not his normal accurate self. But when even when Bryce Young has an off game, it's better than most everybody else's best game. And, uh, you know, his off game is six total touchdowns, 100 yards rushing, and 195 yards passing. That, that's amazing. So um, really excited about what he brought to the table. Jermaine Burton uh, I thought looks very good. This is another guy we've been uh, wondering how how's the chemistry going to be. There was a few timing issues, but overall, uh, I thought he looked fantastic. Same thing with Treshawn Holden. We wondered if his last scrimmage performance would carry over to the game. I think it did. He showed some real toughness. Alabama trusted him on a third and ten uh, from about the twenty yard line, and and they threw it to him uh, ahead of the sticks, and he was able to break a tackle. It was one on one. Alabama said, "We're going to give you a shot." It's one-on-one, go make a play. And he made a play, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. So there were a lot of positive things like that. Then, of course, Kobe Prentice, man, this guy, he had a couple of moves. He had a Jerry Judy-esque sort of fake jab step move um, that that was fantastic on one of the runs. I hated it that he wasn't able to get into the end zone. And, of course, Jason McClellan catching two touchdown passes from two different quarterbacks. So three dudes catch uh, two touchdowns each. That's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome. Uh, I loved how we spread it around. I loved how it wasn't just one or two receivers. To be honest, uh, one thing I was wrong about, I believed early in the season, particularly in game one, there would be an over-reliance on Jermaine Burton. I thought, they're just going to ride that horse. This is the guy they trust. This is the veteran. He seems to have a good rapport with Bryce. I thought they would just really uh, go to Jermaine Burton, Burton, Burton. But actually – no, no, I underestimated Bryce, which is nuts that I would do that. But Bryce spread it around, a few to Burton, a few to Holden, a few to Prentice. Then younger guys got in. I was stunned that even in the first half, we saw guys like Kendrick Law, Isaiah Bond. I, I didn't. I, I would assumed that would be a garbage time only, particularly early on. But just shows that the coach wants to see these guys under fire and, and make a determination how much they can help us going forward. I've seen Bryce play better in terms of. I've seen him have better nights throwing the football than that in terms of, of accuracy on accuracy and timing on his throws. I thought they were a little off for Bryce, but uh, what what I saw that was improved is, is a lot of things to be excited about. I talked about all summer. Bryce runs a four five forty, and we need to see more of that because it's a weapon, and he he finally deployed it. I felt like like. And he did it smartly. I didn't see him myself. I'll have to watch the tape. I was there live. I'll have to watch a tape. But I didn't see Bryce take unnecessary shots because he was trying to make something happen with his legs. I mean, obviously, when you're running around, you're going to get hit. But I thought he did it smartly. uh, And I thought his command of the offense was better in terms of making reads. Uh, and, you know, we he got sacked 42 times last year, and that ain't because he's slow. I think it's because of breakdowns of protection, plus Bryce wasn't completely comfortable with changing protections and, and making pre-snap reads. I, I think that's where he really improved, better command of what was going on. And, and I know we're going to get into this. There's been a lot of nitpicking on the on-three board about the offensive line, I feel. Uh, it was, quote, the weakest unit of every unit Alabama put on the team. We saw that coming all off season. Who's surprised? Yeah. But 
there's been overkill on look 55 points 600 yards you only punt twice in the game one sack 250 yards rushing and it's we got to fix this blocking i mean it's gonna have to improve because you're gonna play better teams than that but that was a heck of a building block i felt for the offensive line particularly with Emil Ekior out for so much, so, you know, so much of the game. No, I totally agree, Jimmy. And I want to talk about Bryce Young and the running here in just a second, because I had a thought when I saw him run a few times and I want to run this by you, no pun intended. I uh, want to tell everybody now about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready for this delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate? That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. What's great about Built is all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat, or just want to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, get 15% off that order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. All right, Jimmy, Bryce Young, Running, um, had 100 yards rushing, which is obviously his, his career high at Alabama, and that that was awesome. Now, uh, here's the one thing I noticed when he was running a few times. It was almost as if he was wondering where everybody is. Like, is there anybody I can pitch it to? Is there anybody I can do one of those, you know, Arkansas game from last year, throw a lateral to Christian Leary for a touchdown moments? Is there anything like that? Because I don't really want to be running. Now, in fact, there were times when he was running almost slower than I think he is out of cautiousness. I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm here for it because he's, that's not his game. So I don't want him to do something he's not super comfortable with because that's when people get hurt. But I felt like he, it wasn't like he was running timidly. He, his running reminded me of Eddie Lacy in 2010 against Michigan State when Eddie Lacy yeah. broke free and he looked around like, one of you SOBs better tackle me because Nick Saban said not to score again. That's what it looked like. And, um, in fact, even on his uh, rushing touchdown, you could see that he wanted to throw it. He was dying to throw it. But yeah. there was nobody to throw it to, so he just ran it in. Uh, I think it's because, my guess, my guess, and, and, I mean, this just makes sense. When you hand the ball to Jameer Gibbs or Jace McClellan or Roy Dell or Trey, their sole purpose in life, once the ball is in their hands, is advance the football and don't fumble it, but advance the football without fumbling. That's their one priority in life. When Bryce is running with the ball, the number one priority is don't take a big hit. Don't take a big hit. That's the number one priority. That 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 is more important than advancing the football. So I think that's why you're picking up on Bryce running. Yes, he's running near or at full speed, but he's doing so very cautiously because avoiding the big hit is the number one priority. So he doesn't get hurt. So the team doesn't have to uh, play the rest of the season with a number two quarterback. Uh, and number three, most importantly, there's not enough talk about this. Yeah, he runs a four five. Yeah, he rushed for 100 yards. They were all on scrambles. 
None of that was a design run. None of that was a quarterback draw or a sweep or we're going to do something to get Bryce out on the edge and he'll make people miss. They were all scrambles, but I did see more of a willingness to, okay, all right, all right, let's make a play, not just, ah, gosh, I'll just throw the ball away or eat this ball or I'll slide. Uh, more of a willingness to use his legs as a weapon. I think it's great. Even better than that, though, like I said, I, I get the feeling watching the game live. Bryce was more comfortable in pre-snap reads, and that's why, despite the protection not being awesome, uh, it was it was awesome on some snaps. Some snaps, the protection was just fantastic. Uh, there were some replays of, of, of plays that I saw where the protection was just sick. It was so good. But other plays, it wasn't there. But but because Bryce had made such a good pre-snap read, uh, he, he could do things to avoid the sack. And uh, I think just one sack, tremendous improvement last year. He averaged, you know, about three sacks a game. Uh, last night, only one. Uh, and, and again, uh, uh, I, I think I think it was a Heisman-type performance for uh, for Bryce Young, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was too. Even though the statistically, yardage-wise, it's certainly not. I mean, the, the sort of double-double, 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing thing is great, for sure. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns is good. That number's going to do that every week, and we, you're going to have a big yeah. number at the end. Well, six total touchdowns, really. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. Five touchdowns passing. Um, and he could have had more. I, I Honestly, Jimmy, there, um, I was watching the game with some folks, and and they were saying, like, man, get Bryce out of there. And I was like, I want to see two more drives. And about that time, they put Jalen Milrow in. And I was like, I get it. I totally get it. But I want to see two more drives. I want him to build on his stats. I want to build that rapport because this is something I've been harping on. You you know it. If you watch this podcast, you know it. I've been harping on the fact that they need to build chemistry with, between Bryce and these receivers. And it's getting there. But the timing was off on more than one occasion. Um, and, and that's just the way it was. Now, here's the other thing. Bryce also had a Patrick Mahomes uh, meets uh, – Aaron Rodgers, and they have a love child moment where he eluded pressure and, and then he was able to throw it across his body uh, and and hit a man in stride and pick up a first down. And there, there's so few quarterbacks on planet Earth who could make that pass. And he was able to do it, especially with his dimensions. I mean, he's not, again, he's not that tall. He, he's, he's rather diminutive. And um, he was able to make this happen. I, I mean, how many people can do that? And um he did a lot of things that were that were super. And again, he's. Uh, it was funny because um, he had a an overthrow. I think I think the overthrow to Burton, and it should have been a right. touchdown. And um, they showed him like close up, and he was just sort of smiling about it, like, "Yeah, I missed him." I mean, he doesn't like a lot of quarterbacks would be like, "Dang it, you know, dang, I can't believe I did that." And then they'd start pressing. His heart rate never changes. That's what's so beautiful about him in any situation. It doesn't matter. His heart rate never changes. Um, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break and hope that you don't get picked up by the aliens that are obviously trying to beam you up with that bright light. And <laughs> and then we will uh, we will come back and I want to talk a little bit about the running backs and also Will Anderson. Okay, so um, the running backs. I thought Jameer Gibbs, you know, Jameer Gibbs kind of was what he was in A-Day, right? Like sh short gain, short gain, short gain, short gain, huge monster run that looked awesome, Heisman-worthy and a couple other short gains. He only had nine carries, 93 yards. So he didn't get a ton of opportunities to just run the ball. And again, I, I'm fine with that because while you have Bryce Young, you need to utilize him. You've only got him one more year using. Um, but I thought uh, Jameer Gibbs lived up to his billing enough. 
he didn't have a rushing touchdown. Obviously, he didn't have a receiving touchdown. didn't have a touchdown at all. But I thought he lived up to his billing. Jace McClellan was good to see him back looking uh, his sort of old self. Two receiving touchdowns, very nice. Roydell Williams. Um, here's the thing, Jimmy. On his, I think it was his first or second play, he either, I think he caught a pass and he had to make a man miss and he didn't do it. And yeah. I thought that's the kind of play Jameer Gibbs or Jason McClellan or maybe even Trey Sanders makes, buddy. And if you want to get on the field, you got to make that play. Now, Roy Dale did some nice things later on. Um, but I, when he, when that's his first play, that kind of sticks out to me. Uh, but the guy that really kind of stole the show uh, was Jamarian Miller late, right? I mean, it, people really just ate up what he was able to do. Yeah, I've been saying it all along since the spring. Not, I've never said, hey, Miller's going to be the guy. Miller will be the number one back. Miller will be – you know, playing with the ones in the first half. Maybe that does happen. I think if it does, he'd be fine. I, I think he's ready for that, assuming he's advanced in terms of picking up blitzes, which is just more important than ever in this game and more important than ever at Alabama. Uh, if, if he's advanced in those areas, he can play with the ones. But what I've said and maintain and, and definitely maintain after last night, I think 10 years from now, when we look back on 2022 in this running back room, that has Gibbs, McClellan, Roy Dell, Trey, and Jamarian Miller, we're going to look back on it in 10 years and say, boy, Miller was the best player in that room. I'll believe it uh, because I just think he's the most gifted kid. And and it's not that the others aren't. Gibbs is plenty gifted. We all saw that last night. Uh, Gibbs is, is, is a real gifted kid. McClellan's good. Uh, Roy Dell is good. Trey is good and getting healthier. Liked his little uh, Najee move last night, just showing again he's getting there health-wise. Um, but Jameer was the show. He's going to be the show. I was on the one hand thrilled that everybody saw the big play because that's what we've been talking about all summer. That's what you're getting with Gibbs. I'm also happy that we were again proven correct in terms of, Hey, what we saw in a day is sort of what it's going to be, right? There's going to be more negative plays. There's going to be more tackles at the line of scrimmage with him. He's not a tackle breaker. When, when you, when, as a defender gets his hands on him, he's going to go down. But just be patient because any moment, boom, big play. And when you add up the damage at the end of the night, he averaged 11 yards a carry. We know it wasn't 11 yards every time he touched the ball. But, hey, you take 11 yards per carry, right? It doesn't matter that it wasn't 11 every time. Uh, but I, I like that. I like what we saw from the backs in general. I do think, though, if it's about improving, it's a, if it's about, okay, here we are in game one, how are we going to get better? It is going to start with building a more consistent ground game, better run blocking up front, better blocking from the tight end position, better blocking in the interior of the line, and better play by the backs uh, playing off those blocks. So Alabama needs to improve in that area. They stopped the run last night. They stopped the pass. They threw it well and were highly productive points-wise throwing the football. What they didn't do great from minute number one through minute number 60 is run the football. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't yeah. a disaster, but it wasn't as good as it needs to be as the opponents get better. No, I agree. Uh, I want to talk about the defense here in our last little segment. Uh, first of all, Will Anderson literally took the soul of a human being 
Um, I, I'm a little surprised, honestly. I At first, when I saw the replay, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to review that and call targeting. But I think everybody was just so impressed. And it really wasn't targeting to me. That shouldn't be a call. But it was sort of helmet to helmet uh, But he just absolutely took the soul of that running back. That was just an amazing play. Considering the defense, despite a shutout, had a pretty quiet night. I mean, no sacks. They created no turnovers. Um, and – the, the defense just had a very uh, almost mundane shutout, which is kind of weird. Um, they they only gave up 139 yards total or something like that. They they shut out Utah. That's the first time Utah State's been shut out since 2007. I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy what they did without doing anything spectacular. I mean, obviously no turnovers for touchdown. No, nothing on special teams really wowed you, unless you want to consider one of our punts being blocked wowing you um will reichard hit two nice field goals that's awesome we're happy about that but and the punting game aside from the uh the the block punt was one punt for 50 some odd yards which was which was nice um but otherwise the return game that there's only one opportunity to return a kick kickoff um there wasn't really much of an opportunity to return punts i think kool-aid ended up returning three punts you know for a total of 20 yards or something again not dynamic and that, that's what sort of makes this game feel um, like Nick Saban's dream. Like there's still so much to work on, uh, so much that can be uh, – that can we can get better at, right? Defense lacked uh, big plays. There wasn't – it wasn't a big play night by the defense. It wasn't a lot of – it was no sacks. There were precious few tackles for loss, all things considered. No interceptions, no fumble recoveries. Uh, it wasn't a big play night, but here's what it was. It was a flurry of three and outs. It was a three and out fest. That's really all you can ever really ask of a defense, right? I mean, is, hey, go get the ball back. They went and got the ball back all night. They gave up nothing. The few times Utah State was able to budge the ball, they didn't go very far. Uh, they allowed one explosive play, which I think was the first snap of the whole game. Uh, you know, when they, when they, it was a, a great catch over Terry on Arnold's head. It wasn't that was, and it was 21 yards, and they ended up with like 139 total. The, you that's have 21, right. 21 yards on the first play, and then 139 total. That's, that's insanity. It really is. And, 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 that, and, and right when they made that play, I, I wasn't like, uh oh, here we go. But it was like, well, if, if that's the only way they have to move the ball tonight is circus catches, I like our, our chances because it was, it was a good, a good catch by the receiver. Uh, look, I, I give the defense an A plus uh, just simply for not giving up a thing. Uh, very few yards, zero points, and they maintain that even though in the fourth quarter they played a bunch of it with twos and threes on the field and still maintain the shutout even after the special teams uh, a screw up gave Utah State the ball in plus territory. Uh, the punt block was the low point of the game. Uh, again, that was a blocking thing. It wasn't a burnup thing. It was not James Burnup's fault. Uh, they've just got to figure out uh, how, how there was a leak and uh, plug it up. Uh, you know, I, I think from just first glance live that a player blocked the wrong guy, I think. But, uh, again, I, I watched it one time live. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but I, I, special teams were fine other than one disaster. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I, I, you know, the offense, my concern, what's your concern leaving the game, uh, running the ball? Uh, overall performance, uh, I'm going to say an A. Uh, I want to say A+, plus, but it was Utah State. 
So uh, it, it wasn't a, a team as good as most of the teams we'll see uh, in the SEC. So I say the overall performance was an A, area to work on, run the football, uh, MVP of the game. Why, why are we surprised that it's Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner? And, Jimmy, you say this, you've been saying it ever since I've known you, that you play your best once or twice a year, you play your worst once or twice a year. Everything else in between is what you are. And I feel like that was not our worst game, but it also wasn't our best game, and we won 55 to nothing. And, I mean, how can you ask for anything more than that? And Nick Saban has a lot to work with. I mean, it, it's just a, a, the, the best-case scenario with no injuries. Best-case scenario. So, um, yeah, we're going to move forward to Texas. We'll wrap up a few more things about this game tomorrow. I want to talk about the offensive line performance. I want to talk about – and I'm going to include tight ends with this because tight ends, they, they probably perform the worst of any group, if you ask me. Um, and, of course, we don't have Cameron Latu right now, um, but I, I thought that was a thing. And, the, and if you include tight ends with the offensive line, you know. But, anyway, I want to talk about some other guys too, uh, how some of the other – defensive standouts look to you some of the new starters we're going to talk about all that tomorrow on the podcast thank you guys so much for listening thank for making us your first listen when it comes to alabama podcast we appreciate you guys a ton and until tomorrow roll tide everybody roll tide